Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Recently, I had uh, somebody write in to Behavior Babes and ask the question or tell me that they are having a difficult time reading some technical articles in our field. And they had asked the question of what I suggest or maybe what are some articles that might be easier to kind of ease into when learning how to read these scientific technical um, publications. And it really got me thinking about what are some of my favorite publications um, and which ones would I want to assign to new students or supervisees if I was working to help people who are pursuing certification. And I think the answers for me came out to be a couple of different foundational articles in our field. And the first one is 1968 publication in the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis, which was the first year that the publication was available, that the journal was available. And there was an article by Donald Baer, Montrose Wolf, and Todd Risley from the University of Kansas, which was titled, Some Current Dimensions of Applied Behavior Analysis. This talks to us or any of the readers about the seven dimensions of applied behavior analysis. Sometimes you might be thinking of the acronym like get a cab or back cage, right? So we're thinking of things like generality, effectiveness, being technological, right? Being detail-oriented, being applied, socially significant, conceptually systematic, drawing from the research, being analytic, using your data to make those decisions. And we are looking, of course, to change or influence or improve behavior which is observable and measurable. The idea being that if we can observe it and we can measure it, then we can change it or we can assess the influence of any interventions on the effects of the behavior. This article is seven pages long. It doesn't have a research study. There aren't participants and methods to go through, but it really lays out the foundation of our science and what it is that we should be aiming to do every time we're approaching a challenge. And so I think of it as a really nice article to get you acclimated to the science to understand what should be at the basis of every investigation or inquiry that we undertake. And in, it was also an extension of that was published in 1987, also in the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis by the same authors, um, this time from the University of Kansas, and Todd Risley had gone to the University of Alaska. But this article was titled Some Still Current Dimensions of Applied Behavior Analysis and looked at behavior analysis 20 years later in the lens of what are those underlining guiding basic characteristics and principles? Have any changed? Do we conceptualize them differently? Has societal influences impacted our perceptions? Those kinds of things get talked about. And again, I think it's a great way to have that reoccurring theme and to um, become really familiar with what it is that we as behavior analysts or what behavioral scientists are basing our inquiries and investigations on. So if somebody is taking data but they're not using data to make decisions, it's not ABA. If somebody is taking data on something that's not evidence-based, that's not ABA. If you are choosing to very systematically change a behavior that is not significant or relevant to the client, to the ultimate recipient of your services, then we could argue by these definitions, it's not ABA. So what do we mean to have ABA or effective applied behavior analysis means that it meets those seven dimensions. 
An additional article that I would like um, to recommend is a publication from 1978, also by Montrose Wolf from the University of Kansas. And he did what I like to do with some of my presentations, is he gave it a title and then he gave it a nickname title. So social validity, the case for subjective measurement, or how applied behavior analysis is finding its heart. And this publication, also in the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis, really talked about the social significance, talked about the applied dimension of the seven dimensions, talked about what does it mean to have an impact, to change a behavior, to improve the life of whom, by whose perception, and how do we blend the science and behavior analysis with the art of interacting with others. And this is an excellent article for framing that. Then I recommend 1988's article, the Right to Effective Behavioral Treatment, which had several authors, including Ron Van Houten, Sal Axelrod, John Bailey, um, and others. In the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis as well, this article looked at what are the basic rights of our clients? What are the basic rights of individuals who will be recipients of behavior analytic or behavioral therapy kinds of services? And it, this article, again, doesn't have subjects and participants, so it's not as technical, but it is talking about our science, it is talking about our clients, and it's talking about it in a way that is scientifically precise. And so as you're reading it, you're making connections, you're gaining a bigger and deeper understanding of what this whole thing is about that we're all pursuing and on this adventure together for, and it really breaks it down nicely and talking about what it is that we should be striving to achieve. So an individual has a right to a therapeutic environment. They have a right to services whose overriding goal is your personal welfare, right? You need, you need to be able to be independent and to take care of yourself, and that should be a priority. You have a right to have treatment by a competent behavior analyst, the right to programs that teach functional skills, it goes on to add an individual has a right to behavioral assessment and ongoing evaluation. And an individual has a right to the most effective treatment procedures possible, right? So it goes into the rights of effective treatment and really helps us take how we're going to um, approach this and put it in the context of, look, we have the seven dimensions. We make sure that we are working with clients, for clients, about what's important to them. And these are the tenets in which we operate under. So we have the belief that our um, people who are recipients of behavioral services have a right to those six things. Now, if you're trying to then take the concepts of behavior analysis and use them in your everyday or take some of the technical terms and wrap your head around like operant and respondent and what is evoked versus elicit, then I would recommend um, actually two small books, or I call them small because they're not very large. They're not, um, they're not many, many pages, but they offer a lot of deep content within those pages. And those books are Behavior Speak and Behavior Ask. And what they do is they take technical terms and translate it for us. So a lot of what Dr. Pat Fryman talks about, which is we want to behavior ease, like how are we going to translate our language and our concepts and principles into something digestible. Now, he didn't write and author that book, but uh, it's that same sort of idea that he emulates often in a lot of his presentations. So behavior speak and behavior ask, they're a little bit different in the sense that behavior speak is almost more of a glossary of terms. 
So it'll say things like, I'm going to make this up because I don't have the book in front of me, but um, operant, and it'll say behaviors that are learned or things that are taught evokes behavior. So it would have a quick way for you to reference it um, and a quick way for you to conceptualize it with words and terms and things that you already know. So that's how we build upon our understanding is take what we already know. This book was published, um, authored, excuse me, by Bobby Newman, um, Ken and Sharon Reeve, and Carolyn Ryan as well, who um, all have a lot of history and experience working and teaching future behavior analysts. Um, so that book, Behavior Speak, is a great recommendation or it's a great tool. Behavior Ask is more of where you would find your commonly asked questions about behavioral science or about ABA or what does it look like in, is it only in one setting? Um, those are some really great questions. Now, the book was published a while ago, so it may, um, I think most of it would still stand the test of time, but you may want to look at things in consideration um, with when they were uh, published if they're answering like current programming kinds of questions or if they're related to things like the law. Um, Behavior Ask has some of the same authors. That was Bobby Newman and Dana Renicky as well as Tammy Hammond. So that's something that students might find really useful. Now, if we're trying to think about concepts, and again, if you want to simplify something, um, I really recommend, and this might surprise a lot of people, but I recommend reading what Shamu taught me about life, love, and marriage, Lessons for People from Animals and Their Trainers. And that was authored by Amy Sutherland, who was an animal trainer with Shamu. And this book goes into the principles, the concepts, and takes it into your household, takes it into another experience or another application, and allows us to almost follow a story, if you will, and to be thinking about behavior analysis. Other books that might help if you're looking on particular concepts, like if you want to learn about tag teach, which means uh, teaching with acoustical guidance, Chaos to Calm by Martha Garbler. Um, I think I'm saying that correctly. If not, um, I'll correct that later. Um, Gabler, <laughs> sorry, Martha. But the book is Chaos to Calm, and it's very prescriptive, almost a task analysis of sorts of how you could use um, acoustical sounds or clickers to increase desired behavior, right? And um, Martha goes through that in her book about things like walking into buildings, um, drinking water, taking medicine, sleeping. So that's a very practical book that parents as well as, you know, providers and budding analysts may find useful. Other books like that, if you're wanting to learn more about verbal behavior, I recommend Dr. Mary Barbera's book, The Verbal Behavior Approach, um, which has now been translated, I think, into like 15 different languages, um, it's really incredible, and it's very practical. So, again, another kind of how-to without um, alienating. It's not too separate from, you know, the science. It's there, but it's not so stuffy in that same way. So it might help you um, really kind of visualize a lot. And this is going to depend on your experiences and your history, your interests, what you already know, and what you hope to learn um, so you'll decide if you're somebody who might be working more with um, a high individuals with high anxiety, um, if you're working in school settings, I would then recommend books like The Behavior Code and The Behavior Code Companion. And that book was authored by Jessica Minahan and Dr. Nancy Rappaport. Um, 
Jessica's a behavior analyst, and Dr. Nancy Rappaport is a child psychiatrist. So they really take a look at, you know, how traditional tokens and sticker charts will not work when you have fluctuating anxiety, um, uh, really compounding maybe other issues. And anxiety is sort of that secret or silent internal sometimes um, beast, if you will, that we don't know for somebody is happening until there's a um, overt demonstration. So that book is really helpful. Those books are really helpful in giving you some how-to and what you might do in some classroom settings. And those are some recommendations for applications and topics. And, of course, I think in any program uh, or hopefully in every program, you are reading and having access to the white book or Applied Behavior Analysis by Cooper, Heron, and Heward, sometimes called the White Album or the Cooper Book, um, and is now being released, I think, this year in its third edition. So behavior analysis, the study of science and behavior change, it should evolve as we learn more about um, applications and as we shift and change as a society and that we make sure that we are doing things that are advancing um, and improving the lives and um, informing using science to inform those decisions. So, of course, I recommend that. There's also a newer book called Fieldwork and Supervision for Behavior Analysts. It's a handbook. That one is um, by Dr. Ellie Kazemi and Brian Rice, and um, there's a third author as well, uh, I believe, Peter. I don't have the book in front of me, but again, sorry about that. I'll look that up for you guys um, and get back to you or put that in a post. But that book is really helpful in understanding what to expect as a supervisee, what you need to do from, you know, finding a supervisor if you're not already assigned one in your program to what you're going to do um, when you take the test and who signs off and how you're going to um, sign up for the exam. And it has a lot of things that are specific to the journey for behavior analysts. It is the fifth edition task list. And in some ways, I think people can just sigh a breath of relief when they have it just spelled out for them very explicitly. And I think that that's a book that both students and their supervisors would benefit from um, at least referring to. So I know I gave you a lot of different information and a lot of different directions, but I think I would start with really grasping the concepts and getting fluent with the words and the terms. And it's not helpful if you have to have a dictionary out when you're reading things. Um, of course, B.F. Skinner, is um, not only mandatory, um, but it's a rite of passage, you know, uh, to make sure that you have actually contacted the brilliance that is the man himself, but not always easy to digest. So with B.F. Skinner's work, it's incredibly important. It's very relevant. Um, it's foundational to understanding everything. But for me, it's something I've had to read and reread and reread throughout my career and I get something different every time. If you'd like to ease into some of B.F. Skinner's writings, um, Science of Human Behavior is a great um, a way you can access that. You can go by chapter and not necessarily read the whole book. Talks about education, talks about religion, talks about aversive control or the government. Um, and so it is really neat to take a look of, uh, take the approach of this as a science for every single thing in every aspect. And that may not be um, your current perception depending on your experiences. That is available online, the B.F. Skinner Foundation. I just want to give a shout out to them. Uh, they certainly have made so many of his works now available 
um, and they are digital, or you can get a PDF. Some of them are by donation only, um, and you can kind of put in what you think is an appropriate um, donation amount. That website, if you're interested, is bfskinner.org. Um, if you have recommendations or if you are working on towards something and you have found a useful tool, resource, please reach out to me at behaviorbabe at yahoo.com, and I would love to share that resource with everybody else. Um, as for this uh, information today, I hope it was useful for you, and if you are looking for access to those articles or to any of those um, recommended resources, you can find them all at www.behaviorbabe.com.